Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin, remote, joined by Gordon, who's also remote, hearkening back to the olden days. We're not in the same room. We're not even in the same house. We're in a bit of a lull in the track and field season. Mr. Mack, how you doing? Yeah, we're timing our transitioning of studios with the transitioning of the track and field world going from a vibrant diamond league once a week to nothing now for like three weeks before world starts in mid-august so we're kind of taking it easy here you know chilling out we're moving our podcast mm-hmm. at 6 p.m these next three podcasts and then we'll be going live after every world's at i think it's 3 p.m central is when worlds is over every day so they'll be man if we were doing a podcast like when it was in beijing when worlds was like 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Central. <laughs> that would have been hell. I'm happy. We just, I'm happy when Worlds is at a normal time. So I'm very yeah. appreciative of that. We also appreciate the people watching live on YouTube. And if you're watching live on YouTube, you can watch Gordon try to podcast into the sun. I've never seen this before in all the video podcasts out there. It's Gordon's basically like playing center field for the Yankees on a uh, – 2 p.m. start date. Oh, what? Oh, nice yeah, okay, covers. You don't have blinds, Gordon? What happened? I have no, no blinds. blinds in the Mac Hassel? Oh, wow. There are no blinds in my office. I like it. No blinds in my office. It kind of adds a different dimension to the show. I'm enjoying it. Um, should I check? Speaking of YouTube, should I check to see if me pulling up YouTube and reading the comments is going to crash my computer or not? It probably will. So maybe I'll just bring up the comments. Are you going to be in charge of that then? I can be in charge of it. How do you do it? What's the what's the process of reading the comments? Why what's your strategy? Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com and then you hit return at that point. You know what I mean. Ah, oh, look at the good you know, you just it gives you a flavor of what people are talking about. And if there's something funny or interesting, I bring it up. I don't necessarily interrupt you unless it's something that immediately, you know, corrects you. But you can bring it up because while you bring it up, I want to talk about our sponsor, Gordon. Is that okay? Hit it. Hit me. Wonderful pistachios. Are you looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that packs a real protein punch? Crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there, but that's not all. Pistachios are known for their fiber and better-for-you unsaturated fats, which may help keep you feeling fuller longer. And the best part, you thought I got to the best part, didn't you, Gordon? No, what didn't is you? it? What's the best part? Tell me. Here's the best, best part. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kiddos or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Wonderful pistachios will be your new go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Thank you to Wonderful Pistachios for sponsoring. Gordon, did you locate the chat? I did locate the chat. Okay. And I'm also, gonna start what? Sometimes the chat does sometimes the chat does tech support too. Sometimes the chat will be like, hey, Gordon's mic's off or something like that. So that's why it's also helpful. I'm gonna start by highlighting commentator Trinidad Rodriguez, who said a singa is more of a college threat. Not elite yet. Ooh. He only ran 10.05 two months ago. I don't know if that's true. I don't think this guy is just a college threat. I think he's a medal contender threat. When you look at the dynamics of the field that we're going to have in Budapest, which we'll get into later on in the podcast, running 9.89, win legal, beating someone of the caliber of Noah Lyles earlier in the year. Asinga is not just a cool young guy, teenager coming on, surprising everyone's story. You know, all those stories we have of the cool, young, teenager kid, surprising everyone's story. You know, everyone. Yep. Everyone knows those stories. Oh, that's a, he's not just one of those. Fan favorite. He, he, he's right. a legit, he's a legit metal contender. In my opinion, guy run nine, eight. There's not many runners in the world right now running 9.8. Sure, there are people who can hit the 9.7s. 
But right now, there's very few 9-8. He's the fourth fastest time win legal in the world. And he seems like he's only getting better. And he has some legitimate wins over some legitimate athletes, notably Noah Lyles. So, I don't know. Seeing this run, 989, we've been waiting for him to get a win legal run at this caliber. I think he's going to go even faster three weeks from now. I think he can be a low 9-8 guy. Now, him meddling is going to be hard. Again, he's only a teenager. But he is someone that for sure the Omanyalas, the Curleys, the Colemans, the Hughes of this world need to watch. He's not going to be there just for fun. He's going to be a legit guy who's going to have a lane in that final who could surprise and maybe get him in. I think you did a good job summing it up. Now, 989, that's that's a much different time than 980 or 981. How but different I think is it? With the, is it like 0.09 well, different? Well, you just keep saying he's a 98 guy now. And yeah, technically he is. Or saying he's he's he ran 98 leaves a little bit for interpretation. I'm just clarifying. Sure, sure. Still sure, a 20 sure, record. Yeah. I was on this show last week. Was it last week? I believe it was last week. Time is standing still a bit. And who did I say could win gold? Toboga. In 100. Right. So I would be a hypocrite to be on the show this week and say that Asinga couldn't win a medal at the very least. Couldn't win a medal. Now, Toboga has more international experience. So, all yes. right. He probably has an edge, even though Asinga just took the U20 record from him. But you have to look at the event that he's entering into the hundred that has been filled with parody that has had nobody really assert themselves. Nobody drop a crazy fast time. You said, if he runs nine eights, he can be in the mix of the medal. If he runs nine eight, he's going to medal. He's going to medal. I think that's going to be enough to medal given the, the, the times that we've seen this year and the performances that we've seen this year. I think if he runs, um, as as, like how he's been running, he's going to be right there. Now, an interesting thing to think about with him. He's a high schooler, yes. But has he run a traditional high school schedule? Not really. No. no. Not really, which is good this time of year. Because this time of year, you're looking at how many races they've run. And you're looking at how many times they've really had to go to the well and expend themselves. He hasn't. When most kids were running tri-meets in April, he was racing Noah Lyles. He is not a normal high school runner. He beat Noah Lyles. So is he going to run out of gas? Maybe. Maybe it's still a long season for uh, a kid of that age. But he's also not following the same pattern, Gordon, as kids his age. So he's run four indoor races, but really only two meets. He ran Milrose in February, and then he ran New Balance Nationals, which was three races in the sixty. So he ran two indoor races, two indoor meets. He's run one, two, three, four, five, six meets at running the hundred, and one, two, three, four, five meets running the two hundred. So right, he started his season at the the outdoor season end of March at the Florida State Relays. Then he went to run the Florida Relays. He's running a collegiate season. He goes to Florida State Relays, to the Florida Relays, goes to the Hurricane Alumni Invite. Then he starts running in Claremont, going to the Pure Athletic Spring Invite, goes to Lubbock, and now he's running in Brazil at the South American Athletics Championships where he ran his 989. I mean, also, he ran a 10.03 into a headwind in the prelims. Right. Okay, but here's the thing. You said he's running a college season, minus a couple of things, though. Did he run a conference meet where he had to run five events? No. Is he running the Did he run NCAAs? No. Is he running NCAAs? Right. No. The two, what most collegians would consider two of the most taxing meets of the year, he didn't have to run. So, yeah, he's not quite a pro athlete, not quite, a, not quite on a pro schedule, not quite on a college schedule, certainly not on a high school schedule. This is a hybrid combination of things that Asinga is piecing together with, with his coach and you have to hand it to them because they've been awfully successful. And now we're only a couple weeks out from the world championships and he's running faster than he has. Do you know and how many times he's run nine, eight this year? Well, with wind, it's like yeah. three, isn't it? Four. This is the fourth time. Yeah. Yeah. He had three yeah. other again, nine, eights 
albeit right. windy. Is it albeit or is albite? How do you say that word? Albeit. No, albite? you did it right. You did it. You did it right the first time. Don't run away right from success, time. Gordon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's run nine eight four times. Yes. Yeah. Some most of them are windy, but hey, and it's not like this was a one point nine wind. This was point eight. It wasn't even that much wind. So here's the thing, too. You brought up the other factor, which is the head-to-head stuff. He beat Lyles. He's got a win over Lyles. Lyles made the U.S. team. So that is a win that counts. There's currency with that win. And then he also has the fast times. So right now, I think he is a – I'll say Asama Singa can win a medal at the World Championships, partly because of how good he is, also in part because of how wide open the men's 100 is right now. Yeah, speaking of how wide open the men's 100 – while Asinga's doing his thing, some of the top guys have been getting some L's. Mm-hmm. Omanyala, who Michael Johnson tabbed as his pick to win the world final. Yeah. He's like, for, he, he tweets out, Ferdinand Omanyala's going to win it. And then a week later, Omanyala gets a loss in the 100. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a video here of that loss. And it wasn't a, a loss to like a Fred Curley or Coleman or a Simbene. It was kind of a low-key, like unknown who beat him. Now, oh, that's why they start to make it off this 100 meters. Unknown at it when it, it's, he didn't lose to like a medal guy. He lost to a. Mm-hmm. It takes talent to beat Omanyala, but he didn't lose to a Curley, Coleman, Lyles type. He lost to, you know, he's on nine nine though. Yeah, it, it's a tier B guy. It's a tier B. It's not a tier A. I mean, I'll get in trouble again with my tiers, but there's no one. But is, what are the tiers this year? No one knows what the tiers are this year. Well, though. I have go tiers. Ahead, there's there's well, nine people in my tier A, but he's not in the tier. But anyway, okay. he got he got a loss, which is notable because now he's going into worlds with a loss as his most recent race. Also, yep. speaking of losses, someone like DeGrasse, who let's be honest, none of us were thinking we're going to be in the medal contention for the 100. Yeah. But DeGrasse not even making, Andre DeGrasse not even making the final at the Canadian National Championships is yeah. wild to think about. And yeah. he kind of had the wild weekend where he doesn't make the final in the 100. He uh, runs 10-21, doesn't make a final, but then comes back in the 200 and wins it, getting a win over mm-hmm. a strong Aaron Brown. His 200 win makes me think, hey, maybe DeGrasse, he is able to anchor that four-by-one for Canada to mm-hmm. gold last year. He may be a, a sneaky medal threat in the 200. So DeGrasse had an interesting weekend. What were your thoughts on Omanyala's loss and your thoughts on DeGrasse's loss slash win in the 200? So with Omanyala... I expected him to win, obviously, like anybody else. But then you look at it in the context of 2023, and I don't think we should be surprised by any of these guys losing, right? There's not that much separation between these tiers. There's not the separation between, oh, this is a Diamond League guy, and this is a guy who's a little bit below Diamond League. Or this is a semifinalist this year, and this is a finalist. So this is a finalist and a, a medalist. This year in the men's 100, anybody can be beaten, It's as it seems, at, at any time by – a, a large group of people for DeGrasse, the hundred follows kind of the pattern. He's been struggling this year and is, you know, dealing with injuries and stuff. But like you, I am looking at the silver lining here, the 200 making the Canadian, t- winning the Canadian championships, which is, is not hard to do or not, not easy to do in the uh, current state. Like Canadians men sprinting right now is, is pretty damn good. So to win that one, it's still going to be very tough to crack into that group. But remember where he won his gold, in Tokyo was in the two, like the two is, is where he's reached the, the pinnacle of the sport. So yeah, it's fun to have another person in the 200. I think we were expecting a little bit more of a challenge from some of the other non us guys this year. And that ultimately hasn't come to fruition. So it's nice that DeGrasse is stepping in there, giving a little bit more competition. So you could put him in there with, with Tobogo as, as one of the guys who could challenge um, and try to break up an American sweep. So to wrap up this conversation on the hundred, I wanted to create a new game and you are going to be mm-hmm. the first and last contestant of this game. And in order, we need to put stakes in this game. So 
uh, I, I'm hoping that you're willing to do a little bit of some wagering per question. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you how many questions? I'm going to ask you 12 questions. Mm -hmm. How many do you think you can get right? 12. Of the 12. You can go 12 for 12? 12. You're not going to get 12 for 12. So how about this? For every question you get right, hold on. You give me, you get, I give you a dollar. For every question you get wrong, you give me a dollar. I'm going to ask two follow ups. Follow up number one. Are these questions that have right or wrong answers? Yes. Are these questions where we will have the answer to them tonight? Yes. I have them written down. <clears throat> They're based on the men's 100. That's the, that's the topic. Oh, that's well, the crap. Then I don't want to bet anything. I thought these were the Gordon medals where you're like, in six years, how no, many no, gold no, medals no, will Osama no, Singh no, have? No, this is just talking about the 2023 men's 100. Okay, okay. And I got 12 uh, questions. Every right answer you get, you get a dollar. Every wrong answer, you give me a dollar. Okay. So you got to go six I'll and say, six. You got to go 500, break even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think six is probably a good number for me, not knowing anything okay. else about the game. But go ahead. Hit, hit me with them. Okay. You ready for the game? Okay. So you're playing? Dollar I'm major? In. Okay. Here we go. I'm in. First question. Talking about outdoor men's 100. We're not talking about the 200 races, 60s, or anything. Only men's outdoor 100 in 2023. How many losses... In finals, does Omanyala have in the men's hundred? Three. Four. Four losses. Uh, you got that one wrong. He has four losses. He's nine and four. Nine and four. Okay. How many losses and, does a Kent does Sembene have? One. He has three. He's six and three. This is an interesting game. Four for two. How many losses does Kavant Charleston have? Oof. Well, okay. In finals only. Semifinals and heats don't count. Well, he can't be he, he can't be undefeated because otherwise we would talk about him being undefeated. I know he's run some Continental Tours and he's won. Can I ask one follow-up? Sure. Well, no, he just ran a Diamond League, right? He just ran uh, in Monaco and he didn't win that one. I'm going to say two, two losses. Correct. He has two yes. losses. He's, he's five and two. He's five okay. and two. Good, good, good. Okay. Keep how going. Many loss, how many losses does a Singa have? In the hundred? In a hundred. Zero? Finals only. One loss. He's five and one. Who do you lose to? Uh, you don't have it. I don't have I don't have that information, but okay. Eli has lost. So the point is, Omanyala has four losses. Simbene has three. Charleston has two losses, and Asinga has one. Okay. Oh, there's a pattern. Question. I didn't identify. I didn't this, identify this is, the pattern. This is the yeah. You, you should have saw that. All right, no pattern here. There's no pattern here. Zarnell Hughes has run five finals. What's his win loss yes. record? Man, it's just a lot of win loss stuff here. Um. Five finals. What's his win loss record? Well, he definitely won the one where he ran nine eighty three. Um, he won that one in Britain, right? The British champs in the rain. Mm-hmm. He ran that, but I'm gonna say he lost everything else. I'm gonna say two and three, four and one. Oof. Oof. What's Fred Curley's win loss? Four of them. He's run four times. Well, he's then he's he's only lost once, so three and one. That one I know. Correct. Christian Coleman, five. He's run five times with his win loss. Okay, I should I should know this one. Okay, so he lost. He beat Lyles once. Well, okay, so he lost USA's, obviously, to Charleston. Yep. He lost to Akeem Blake. He beat Lyles in uh wait, I think he oh, he lost in New York and I think he lost in so he lost in Eugene, he lost in uh, New York, and he lost in Bermuda. And then he won, and he's two and three. Correct. Two and three. Yes. Noah Lyles. Is that right? What's his record? Hold on, hold on. What were the, where, where did he, did I get the loss locations right? Bermuda, yeah. 
Eugene and okay. Uh, yeah. Lyles is win loss record. Are you gonna tell me how many five. competitions? Five. Okay, so he lost to Asinga. He lost in Bermuda too. To um, he lost in that race. No, wait, hold on. Yeah, he lost to Coleman. To. Oh, so lost to his, uh, lost USA's lost to Coleman. I know at least once. Lost to a Singa. Has he? Wow, oh, he has to. Have won. No, no, he won the. He won one of the Diamond Leagues. So he's either he's either one and four or two and three. I'm gonna say one and four. Two and three. You get that one wrong. Uh, uh, last one of win loss getting Tobogo four races. What's his record in the hundred? I don't, I don't, uh, one and three. Oh, and four. He has yet to win a oh. hundred. See, my heart said that my head said, no, this is goes to show you fans, myself included. Don't pay enough attention to wins and losses. All right. So you have uh one, two, three, four, five, six wrong, three, right. But we're going to make this last one a chance. We'll double, double, double the points. So, I feel like I got close on a lot of those, and I th- I really Ronald Hughes one, but all the other ones I was really close, and I feel like I should. You get were, some but here's it. the thing: whenever I get close on things, you tell me don't matter. It's a loss. Like you don't give me yeah. credit for being close on all my near misses. Fair, fair. So, all right, hit me last one. All right, last last question overall. This is for, this is for all of it. This is to break even, or you owe me three dollars. Okay, got it. Rohan Watson won. Jamaica trials. Raheem Ford, uh-huh. Forte won. Is it Ford or Forte? I think it's Fort. Fort. Uh, got second. And Oblique Seville got third. Who has the most 100-meter wins between the three of those guys? Uh, who has the second Fort. most and who has the third most? Fort, I think, has the most, right? Has the most wins? Yeah. Okay, so he actually has zero wins. Fort is 0 and 7. Rohan Watson is 4 and 5. And Oblique Seville is 3 and 1. Ugh. So the whole I gotta point admit, of this I knew game, it wasn't Seville. I, heard, I knew it wasn't yeah. Seville, so I just took a guess. The whole point of this game that I'm trying to get at here is there's no true dominant figure. You look at the three Jamaicans, Seville gets third, but he's 3 and 1. And Rohan Watson has five losses. He's four and five, and he won trials. Look at the Americans. Everyone has losses. You look at the other international guys, they have wins and losses against each other, and it just makes you realize deciding who your three in the men's 100 is kind of like a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up race. I don't think we can say Curly is 100% the favorite. I think there's no No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Okay, you did a bunch of questions. I'm going to do two follow-up questions to you. Number one, one of them is open-ended and one of them has a yes or no answer. Okay. First one, open-ended one. Is the men's 100 the new men's 800? See, that's the thing. I was thinking that. The only thing that's keeping the men's 100 from becoming the men's 800 is... 700 meters. It's 700 meters, and if we don't get a 9-7 in the final, no, if we don't get a 9-7 a low, like sub 9-7, 9-7-5 or faster, then it's yeah. the 800. Because if we get another just hodgepodge, a couple guys are on 8-3, the final is 8-3, 8-6, 8-9, and it's Hughes, yeah. Asinga, Charleston, or Hughes, Curly. Sabene or Omanyala, Sabene, Coleman, or whatever. You're going to be right, like, right. you're not going to feel like the winner is truly the fastest man in the world. Like there, there's a good situation. There's a chance that we watch that final and we're like, is he really the fastest man in the world? Or did he just have a good day? And that's what yeah. the men's 800 was. Oh, that guy just had a good day. It wasn't truly the best 800 meter runner in the world. Just whoever had a good day. And I am concerned, unless we get a true dominant performance where the winner runs in the nine sevens, and we're like, yeah, you clearly are the fastest man in the world, there's a sh- chance that it could be kind of neutered and be like, mm, you know. Like, I guarantee you the world title, 
whoever wins the world title is not going to win the Diamond League final. My second question. Do you agree with that statement? Who? Whoever wins the world title won't win the Diamond League final? Assuming they No. Win I don't. Okay. Well, I believe that. I mean, it, it, there's, a, there's a good chance that you're correct, but I also think someone could catch fire a bit towards the end of the season and fair enough run off a little. I think what's interesting is it just there's so many possibilities of who could win it, and it's different than the men's 800 because the men's 800 doesn't have this grandiose title of world's fastest man that goes with it. So it's just a very interesting like concept of we could have some like if people thought Jacobs was out of nowhere, the possibilities this year that podium could get wild. That podium could be insane. I mean, it could be Curly could get it back and then it's no big deal. But there are abilities out there that kind of are uh, a bit out there. My next question, my last question, my final question about the men's 100 and one okay. key participant in it. Asama Singa, is he the boys' high school athlete of the year? You know, some are saying that there are some other high school athletes who run 337-1500s that may be athlete of the year internally. No, yes, Asinga is athlete of the year. For those who've been listening to the podcast, our colleague Corey Mole posted a poll. Who is the biggest question we need to answer is who's athlete of the year, Asinga mm-hmm. or Birnbaum? And I'm like, the guys run four flat, a little up, sub four, whatever. That's not the same thing as running 9.8. One is the fourth fastest in the world. The other is like the 180th fastest in the world. So, Have yeah, you revisited is, the poll? Have I have revisited the poll. the poll. I I texted Corey saying, um, <laughs> do you still believe this? And he like laughed it off. He's like, LOL, it's just a poll. It's like, no, it's not just a poll. It's you not just a poll to me, sir. Sam Birnbaum was in the same category as – a singa and they're not a singa f- number four in the world burn bomb is at the time he wasn't six at the time he wasn't but here's my rule my shorthand rule is if you beat noah lyles you're the and you're in high school you're the athlete of the year yeah that's, that's cool. just a really that's easy criteria all right before we, we go any you, further, though. he's out aau junior olympics live on flow track all week check out all the content so uh should we talk about wonderful pistachios again or do you want to move go to another topic first Let's be wonderful. All right. Hey, I love it. I love it. Uh, Wonderful Pistachios, that's our sponsor. The website is wonderfulpistachios.com. The green little wonders that can power up your day. They're a good source of protein, that tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachio. Each one-ounce serving contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. One of the highest protein nuts out there. They're known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats. And those help you, those help keep you, excuse me, feeling fuller longer. So as I said before, whether you're dropping off the kiddos or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. The website, wonderfulpistachios.com, wonderfulpistachios.com. Check them out. So do you want me to take it from here, Gordon, or are you, are you up now? You take You've it. You've kind of here. been piloting. You've been crushing it. You're like, before the show started, you said, Kevin, just because we're at home doesn't mean anything changes. You're steering the ship. You're the captain. Like, let it roll. And then I think I asked you some question about the YouTube comments, and you just took it and ran with it and created a pretty dynamic 27-minute men's 100 opening, like, salvo. It was incredible. Have you checked in on the chat since then? Uh, No, I probably should do that. What's the chat saying? Oh, they are. Their mics are off. <laughs> uh oh, you got to read out loud. Yeah, or, well, or don't yeah, read but, out but loud. I'm, well, you don't hold on. Should you though? Because if I start reading a comment and it's a bad comment, I don't want to yeah, commit to the bad comment. I need to read it, confirm it's a good comment, and then read it out loud. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. You don't have to. Yeah. Do whatever you feel. No. I'm so sure they enjoyed playing. Are the they going to show the races? We don't have. We're talking. They already. What, what race? race you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Where are we this at? is a podcast. It's a podcast. Yeah. We did show the. <laughs> we did show. We showed a gra- We showed some graphics, maybe. Uh, we can show some clips from news articles, uh, like the Thiago Braz 
uh, doping suspension article. I don't think people will be too excited by that. But uh, Diego Braz. It's not a podcast uh, unless we talk about doping suspension. Correct. It's been a little bit. Well, not long, actually, because we talked about Hamusan and the whereabouts failure and how she's provisionally suspended. Braz is also provisionally suspended by the AIU the, for the presence of Osterine. Uh, he is suspended until a final decision is made. Uh, I remember Braz, I mean, he's still actively competing, right? Was vaulting up until, geez, the end of or middle part of July. But um, see that the six gold medalist in a very famous vaulting competition. Remember Rio um, in front of his crowd that battle with Renault Lavillani, um, and he prevailed and, and got the gold medal. Uh, this year he had vaulted five sixty seven uh, outdoors and then indoors. Um, or sorry, indoors he had vaulted five sixty seven. Outdoors he had vaulted. 571. So still very much a, a player, but is now provisionally suspended. Yeah. Kevin, your webpage. You, 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 yeah, internet. I stopped you doing that. Work on, you need to work um, on your internet, man. Stop criticizing my internet. Otherwise, I'll close this the, the box right now. So no more webpages okay. for Kevin. Like, are you That's playing why I like, you to... Duty in, in, on like the fourth tab? What are you doing? You know what I was doing? I'll tell you what I was doing. What were you doing? What were you I doing? forgot. I forgot that. I forgot the name of the drug, so I had to pull up the article to see that it was. I thought it was Osterine, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. For next Monday's show, I'm just gonna have notes on a notepad. Yeah. Forget the computer. It's just gonna be me, you, the mic, the webcam, and just a yellow legal pad. I'll write it all okay. down. I thought my computer could handle it. It could not. Uh, I'll move on to the Shelly and Fraser Price story if you want. Yes, talk about Shellyan. Well, this one's kind of we already knew about this. Someone asked her after her, you know, the most recent race where she ran the 1083 how she was feeling and she said and I quote here, if I'm being truthful it's uh it's not 100%, but you know it is what it is. Talking about um the injury that she's been dealing with. My opinion of it is this. She can still win the gold medal. She can still really? win the gold medal at less than a if she can run on the now, I'm know, guessing. I'm guessing. I don't think the injury is going to get worse in the next three weeks. I think it's more likely that she's going to get better in the next three weeks because that was her first race of the year, and I think she can get into the mid ten sevens. I think if she get in the mid ten sevens, she could win, and on a good day, she could win gold. So, yeah, it's a bummer that she's not 100, percent but it's. It's healed enough to where she can go out there and run 10.8. Like 10.8 is still really fast. It's not the fastest she's ever run, but 10.8 is still putting your body under a lot of stress. So she feels like she can still go out there and and compete and and risk it because she could sit out the season. She could just say, all right, I got a ton of golds. I'm going to come back. I want to be 100% for Paris 2024, and then I'll see what the future holds after that. But she's not doing it. So the fact that she's not doing it makes me think that she's confident that it will at least hold steady. Maybe it doesn't get any better, but also won't get any worse. I don't know. Again, you're just just speculating. But the fact that she's out there is an indication that she at least feels like she can be competitive with uh, the top women in the world. I looked at this very differently. I read that sentence, that quote, it is what it is. I'm not 100% as... She's not going to win. Yeah, she can still medal 100%. But winning is different from meddling. We looked at this women's field. There's five women who clearly, I think, have separated themselves. Alfred, Richardson, Sharika, Shellyanne, and uh, Tolu. So you could argue, oh, they all have a 20% chance of winning. I would probably give Shellyanne a 25%, maybe 30% chance of winning. And then give the other... For women, the remaining 70%. But after this, I think Shelly is more of a oh, 3% a chance. It, no, but it, no, no, it, no it's not just a quote. Uh, she's setting people up. She's letting people know, just so you know, I'm not 100%. So we're, we're prepared for when she gets third. We're like, oh, she remember when she told us a month ago 
She's not 100. Yeah, that's why she's I don't know. She's she's letting the story be written to let us know she's not 100. percent If she was 100, percent she wouldn't have said that. Which that makes sense. All right, I got a game. I I, don't, I, I think her percentage goes went in my mind from 30 percent chance to near zero. And now, if there was only two First, women, if stop, it was like 50 zero, if it was stop, between Sharika stop. and Shellyanne. And then you'd be like, all right, well, it's a toss-up anyway. There's only two women. But there's four other women out there who can run elite times, who have shown consistency in 2023, and some have shown consistency over the past three years. I just think that when you have four other women and you're not 100%, you're you're not going to win. Like, that's just just math. If there was one other woman... And you're not 100%. Yes, you could still win. But four? That means you need four women all to run subpar and you to run above par for you. That's just not happening. She's great, but Sharika plus Tolu plus Alfred plus Richardson is going to be hard to beat if you're not 100%. I got a game for you. All right. I I came up with this one on my own. Okay. The game is called What is Their Record in the 100? Shelly and Fraser Price, go. Yeah, she's what, 3 0 or 2 0? 2 0. Wrong. Uh, your first guess was 3 0, so that's wrong. Yeah. Um, Julian Alfred, how many wins does she have? We know Julian Alfred has zero losses. How many wins does she have? Again, I'm going to answer. I can't look it up, so I'm going to answer with what I feel the right answer is. In the 100? 100. Yeah, how many wins? Uh, one, two, three. You can't count prelims, NCAA prelims. Four, five, six. She's had probably won six. Wrong. 27. Next question. Marie she, Jose hasn't run a, she hasn't run 2,700 meter dashes. I said it's not the actual number, but it's what I feel is the correct oh. answer. And I feel this like is... Julian Alfred's. So I'm going up against your you feelings? Listen. Your feelings are the fact checker here? Actually, I'm going to try to pull it up on my phone because that won't no, don't, uh, oh yeah, no, crash don't, everything. No, we don't want you to pull anything up. You're right. Don't pull anything up. No, on my phone. Up. On my phone. I got my phone. No, I got my your phone, phone is connected hit. to this. Your, your phone is connected no. to the same internet. That's where you're wrong, Gordon. You don't know what I do here. Julian your Alfred, phone how many wins? Non-phone? What did you say? What did you say for Julian Alfred? How many wins? I said seven. Just answer the question. Stop seven. ducking. You said 60, 67? No, it's not 67. I said seven. Okay, hold seven 100 meter finals. All right, hold on. It's gonna take me a little while. Okay, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. I think. We got one, two, three. One, two, four, five, six. It's six. Wrong. Oh, for two. Next, let's go to Tolu. What's Tolu's record? No, let's do Jackson. Here, this one's easy. You How know, this game is not as Jackson fun. Have? We already did this game. You're trying to like no, no. do a rerun of, of the – It's like playing I'm, the Lion King in 3D animation. Everyone wants the cartoon, not some virtual CGI shit. You're the C- you're How many Lion losses? King CGI. Whoa. I am Lion whoa, King whoa, animated. Whoa. How many losses does Shrieka Jackson have in the 100? Two. Four. Wrong. Um uh, Richardson, well, you'll get that one right. What are you trying to get to here? You're trying to show that none, of, all four of those women are in, are have holes. No, I'm literally just trying to do the same game that you did, but with the women. That's all it is. But what's the point? It's just, it's just, just that you are wrong. It's more just to prove that you get things wrong. So I felt bad. I went wrong. three. I only got three out of ten. So okay. Well, I uh, this. You, how I many losses? You had the, point. the whole point was I said. Shelly Ann's saying no, she's not 100% got a point. makes her go down from 30% chance of winning to near zero. And the reason is this, why uh, is because there's four other very talented women who sure. are going to take advantage of a subpar Shelly Ann. And I think that's a very fair take. Shelly Ann is the greatest. I get it. But we're talking about not 100% Shelly Ann according to her own words. Do you know what I rewatched the other day? What? The Usain Bolt rap video featuring Gordon Mack. It's, it holds up. It's really funny still. <laughs> now, I know I am the intended audience 
for that because I work yeah. with Gordon Mack and am very familiar with Usain Bolt's work and uh, cover track and field for a living. But it still holds up. It was very good. I forgot. He just sort of dances in that studio for an additional 20 seconds, and I just just makes me laugh. So you're saying that me counting out Shelly Ann is like me predicting that Usain Bolt's world record was going to get broken? No. You're reading way too much in everything. It was a complete non sequitur. It just maybe. Why are you bringing up non sequiturs? It's a podcast. I throw you the ball, you catch it, and you do something with it. No. You don't take my ball, kick it into a a different category, and be like, hey, we're podcasting. No, you're supposed to throw it back to me. Remember like two podcasts ago, maybe it was one podcast ago when I was like, I got five questions. You're like, all right, I'd like to take your question, not answer it, spin it around and talk about something else for four minutes. I'm just – Yeah, I was doing the Harlem Globetrotters of, of podcasting. I was doing a little right. spinning on my finger. Podcasts are born out of non sequiturs. I just thought I just thought of it and it was funny because you were make, talking about a Jamaican superstar. That's why it popped into okay. my head. Oliver Hoare out of worlds with an injury, Gordon. This is a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. Posted on uh, his Instagram that he's not 100. percent It's gonna have to uh, take not take a break, get healthy. Um, talked about his injury. Um, said he had an MRI, MRI, MRI on what was his specific injury he was dealing with? I think he said in the previous post. I should probably should have done my my research. He said it's a groin issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. he said he twisted his pelvis in Oslo. Mm-hmm. So then he had to pull out of the London Diamond League, and the groin issue isn't something that he's going to be able to handle through this next month. So he had to pull out of Worlds. Um, it's a bummer. He's had a a good post Wisconsin career to date. You know, he's breaking the Australian national record, right? Mm-hmm. He's broken the Australian record. Uh, so I imagine he's going to. Yeah, right. He'll he'll be in the mix in 2024. I mean, 1500 is gonna be a hard race to win yeah. because Jakob Ingebrigtsen's in the field, but it's definitely not a hard race to medal in. I think he is a caliber to uh... finish a second or a third. I would say that. Oh, he definitely has a caliber. He definitely has a caliber to do it, but it's a hard race right now to medal in, and it just no. it feels like it's only getting it's only getting tougher and tougher because Jakob's in... making. Every... I meant hard in the fact that there's really only one person who's guaranteed to medal, which is Yaka, All right. and then the yeah. other two are yeah. up for grabs. That's what I meant by it. Copy. I get you. I get you. Yeah, and I, I like we talked before about how the men's fifteen hundred represents so many countries right now. Like the medalists, the medal threats, the finalists are yeah. coming from everywhere. And I mean, there's other great runners from Australia too. So it's not as if Australia won't be represented, but he was the one who. For a while, that looked, you know, he looked like he he was the the best guy uh, to get a medal, and I think that was the other. Well, leading into the finals of fifteen hundred, because the fifteen hundred was a surprise. But leading into the finals of fifteen hundred, Hoare getting bounced in Eugene from the from the semis and not making the finals was the biggest surprise. Because I think a lot of people thought he could do what Kerr did. You know, international guy goes to the NCAA system, actually beat Josh Kerr too, so their times overlapped, and then post NCAA's could go up another level and then grab a medal. And I think Hor's like regular season runs have been really impressive and he hasn't done it in a championship yet, but you don't really get that many opportunities to do it. So he's going to miss another one, but ultimately he's looking long-term looking for Paris and yeah, he, there's no reason why he can't battle with Nagus, his teammate Katir when Whiteman is back that lot, Chariot Kip Sang. the list goes on and on of the, quality of guys who can win a medal in the 1500 and it is a very long list and, and he is when he's healthy in that group for sure i know uh this is kind of a tangent topic to what you're what i was bringing up but speaking oh, of all of my we- my my how the turntables have turned <laughs> we didn't talk about this uh on the last pod because so much happened from the two diamond leagues but at the London Diamond League, current Wisconsin Badger and fellow Aussie, Adam Spencer, ran 331 in a 1500. So the Aussie, also Jackson Sharp's pretty good 1500 meter himself, but the Aussie-Wisconsin connection 
is pretty damn good. Adam Spencer, 331. That is, I'm not sure where that is in the NCAA rankings, but like post, you know, NCAAs, it's one of the top five all-time 1500s by a, a collegiate athlete. So Adam Spencer, he's only 21 years old. Look out for him and his teammate Jackson Sharp to dominate uh, the NCAA in the 1500. So anyway, big shout out Adam Spencer and Wisconsin. So that's what I wanted yeah. to say. You're not – that's impressive. 331? Yeah. No, that's great. You're right. It went under the radar because that race was so fast. The Spanish championships too were, were crazy fast. A lot of big names there too. The, the 1500 is just – it's totally changed from five years ago. Like how those races yes. are run. Now there was fast diamond leagues before, but those were the exception. And anytime there was a championship race, it was just a, a sit and kick affair. And then now it's just every single race. People are like run as if their time bonus is on the line at every single race. It's, it's truly incredible. The change at that distance has overgone. And I say that because this just happens in track and field or in sports, the cyclical nature of things, an event might be down for, five, 10 years, maybe even only two years, but then it can pop right back up. And likewise, an event can be super exciting and then it can have some, some lean years as well. And Spencer the mental right now is awesome. Spencer went from not qualifying for the, he didn't make the NCAA indoor mile final. Then he got third in the 1500 and then he runs 331. It's, that's wild. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? Uh, one other show, NCAA. Huh? NCAA news, Sean Brosnan, uh, for those who don't know, the Newberry Park coach that had the, the young twins, Nico Young, the Salmon brothers, all the great, you know, basically one of the greatest high school. The greatest. Cross, the, the greatest. The boys greatest team. high school cross country team on the boys' side. He took a job at UCLA last year, and it's a one and done. Uh, he was not asked to come back for a second year. He posted on his Instagram that um, he wanted to come back, but UCLA decided to uh, move in a different direction. Um, he did pretty well. I mean, UCLA's distance program was, you know, pretty solid. Let's look at their performances. Um, I mean, they had Ronan um, Sta- uh, Mohan Staggs ran 339 in the 1500. They had... Jake Parker ran. They didn't really have a good in the five k, so they had a really good miler. Peter Harold ran a good uh, steeple, ran eight thirty five in a steeple. What was their cross country results though? I guess that's what you're ultimately going to be judged on is cross country. So, what was their cross country finish? Try to remind myself. So the women finished thirteenth at the West Region, and the men finished tenth. But. Hey, I mean, West region's a hard region to get out of. And UCLA hasn't always been one of the, it's not like this is an Oregon or Stanford or Colorado, you know, when it comes to the Pac-12. So I thought that it was a good year for like, you know, you have a solid year and then you look into year two to kind of make a big push, make NCAAs as a team, you know, bring on more sub four milers who qualify, but. I don't know, UCLA decided to go a different direction. What are your thoughts on his short tenure as a collegiate coach? Well, and do you think he'll he find said, a collegiate spot somewhere else? Well, he said the reason he was let go was because other coaches were complaining that he was tampering with athletes um, before they were in the portal, basically. That's that's what he says. That's what uh, what Brazen is, is contending. Like, that's where – and he also says he – didn't do any of that. He didn't commit any violations, but that other coaches were complaining. And then that got back to his administration and they just preferred to cut ties and not renew the contract. So if, if that's accurate, then it doesn't really have anything to do with performance, which aligns with what was going on because yeah, the, the team was fine. The team was good. It's not as if they, you know, they've been a juggernaut on the men's distance side the past yeah. 10 years. And then he came in and all of a sudden they weren't good. Um, yeah, they had some, some good athletes. They had some, and they picked up athletes that were going to go there from the portal. So, I mean, I, I thought this quote from his, uh, this article from let's run where it says we're an Olympic sport and schools just don't want to hear any noise, which again, this is his side of the story, but 
that sentiment, I think, tracks with a lot of other decisions that they make. Whereas big time college athletics, it's about just a couple of sports and the other sports um, are thought of well after the footballs and basketballs of the world. So those decisions are are made uh, differently than, than the other ones. So it's like, hey, you know, if, if this is causing a problem, if there's a headache related to this particular program or this school, um, we'd, we'd rather not deal with it. Like we don't want to spend the time and energy and bandwidth to, to deal with those sorts of issues. Again, don't know the veracity of any of this stuff. I'm just saying his point of view um, because that that's what he's been um, – alleging happened there and we have obviously haven't heard like ucla's perspective from it i don't think they would comment on a assistant track coach getting let go i mean that's not that's not typical or it will be some sort of boiler bonds but yeah man the the portal and all that other stuff brings on a whole new set of challenges and he came from he was an outsider he wasn't he didn't come up being a you know it's not like he was an assistant coach the year before he was a high school coach at the, one of the most high profile programs in high school running history. So uh, that was his background in the sport. And, and I don't, I don't know how many people or how well connected he was either with, with other uh, coaches. It's interesting that it was potentially due to illegally talking to non-portal athletes. Is it athletes who then eventually went into the portal or is it like just straight up? Hey, well, so when they get into, I'm going to so, call so when they, <laughs> the, I'm going to, Hey, Charles Hicks, come to my school. Yeah. Or something. It's not like that. Is it? So once you're in the portal, you can choose, I want to be contacted or I don't want to be contacted. Once you choose, once you make your selection, then if you put that you want to be contacted, coaches can contact you at that point. But yeah, like you're not supposed to tamper, which obviously is a word you hear in a bunch of other sports before they get into the portal. Again, not saying this is, I, I, I don't know the, again, the accuracy of these claims either way, but that, that, that's what he was saying. People were accusing him of, of contacting these athletes before they got in. Now, listen, it's big time college athletics. In other, I don't know about track. Maybe you know more about track, but in football and basketball, I find it hard to believe that every single coach is waiting the appropriate amount of time before an athlete goes in the portal, you know, to make contact. Now, does that make it? Well, should the other coaches like it? Hundred percent, no. And I could see why. If you're in a, a non-football basketball sport and you're abiding by the rules, you want to make sure that's an even playing field for everybody else, but. Yeah, and in, in in football and basketball, I'm I'm sure there's some uh, gray areas being explored. Don't you yeah. think? I mean, they or they, how do you know not to contact the athlete, right? Or or had the athletes already made their decision up at that point, right? So I guess yeah. they've initiated the, the, the contact. But I mean, there's it's it's fine. It's just like NBA free agency. Wow, how do they all sign at twelve oh one or five oh one p.m.? That's crazy. They worked out an entire deal in sixty seconds, and now Shams and Woj are tweeting about it. That's insane. Like I just find it, yeah. I, especially with NIL and stuff and things getting offered. Not saying that's the case with track and cross country, but with with football and basketball, where there's huge decisions being made and athletic departments living and dying on the success or failure of of certain uh, teams' performances. It just and and a previous era that was rampant with recruiting violations as it pertained to to transfers, I guess yeah. the Wild West before. So, and I guess UCLA is thinking. Last thing we want is an Olympic sport potential NCAA violation affecting football, right? Basically, or just the idea well, they, that this athletic department has an NCAA violation, it can mur- murky the waters for the, their. Revenue generating sports in football and basketball. Yeah, yeah. The the phrase you hear in NCAA investigations is lack of institutional control. Not yeah. saying that this would lead to it, but if it's one and then another and then another and then another, then you always hear those stories kind of come out. And it sometimes it involves one sport if it's a big sport, i.e., football or basketball, the ones that get all the attention, or 
it's a combination of here are these four sports and all of them were doing a couple things wrong. And that means the department as a whole doesn't have its house in order. We need to hit it with violations. Yeah. Like, so I, I understand what he's saying there. I understand what he's saying of, Hey, for them, it's not even worth the headache to deal with it because it's such a small piece of the pie. Do you think he'll get an opportunity at another school? I mean, that's, that's tough to say. I mean, he mentioned like pro coaching, which to me makes more sense where you don't need to deal with that stuff at all. But who would he coach? Right. Fast people, presumably. But like, it's not like there's like a, so many pro coaching opportunities out there. Like our sports kind of tiny when it comes to, there's not right. But there's also, there's also pro coaches out there whose resume when they started, wasn't like him. That was, they were less established too. These people coaching. All it takes is you coach. If you coach one pro athlete to success, you just build from there. That's all it takes is like one success story. And then you can get more people coming to you. And then before I know it, you have a group. So what you're saying is I should, I should like, who's an athlete. I could pretend I'm his assistant coach. I think I can convince one of the, top athletes to put me down as their assistant coach. And my job is like, I yeah. tell them, Hey, make sure you go run today. I just text them that yeah. every day. And he's like, yeah, no, my send assistant them their coach world tells, ranking. Tells me to send them, their send world them world ranking, ranking and I'll say. tell them, Hey, make sure you get out and get a jog in. And so then yeah. I get credit for guiding him to run his miles once a day. Yeah. Who do you think yeah. would be more, most willing to nominate me as their assistant coach? I think, I mean, I think Paul Trimo is always like I think it. Paul. I think Paul might. Yeah, I think I. I think I can get Paul to be my athlete. I'm going to be his assistant coach. You know what I can do? Actually, I could probably get like a whole team. I could probably also assist. I could. I could be the first ever assistant coach of a 110 meter hurdler and a 5k runner. So if I can, I'll yeah. t- I'll text Grant. Hey, yeah. make sure you run today. Text Paul. Make sure you run today. And I'm in their assistant coach. And then when they win gold medals, I'm a gold medal winning coach. Yeah. And they build your career. I have to make sure you get it. I gotta make sure Paul's coach and that you know Mike Holloway are okay with this scenario. Yeah, I don't think they, they would get be. well Zero they could have nine that. Okay, here's the thing. They could have ninety nine point nine nine percent. Just give me point oh one percent. Do you think they'll be willing to give me point oh one percent of the credit? <laughs> the credit or the money? I don't need any money. This is uh, this is wow. all free. I'm a, I, I coach wow. for free. Yeah. Wow. You do it for I'm the love. I'm just trying to get you know you, you get the internship, unpaid intern to get the work experience, mm-hmm. and then you know in 2028, I'm getting paid to text you, have a good workout. Some thank yous. Thank you to our sponsor, Wonderful Pistachios. Thank you to, to producer Tyler for yes. recording with us on a Monday evening. Anything else, Gordon? Or are you all good? That's it. Thanks for everyone tuning in live on a Monday night instead of 1230. We're going to be doing the same time the next two Mondays. Uh, I think a thing Mo's running next weekend. So she's running 400. So we can react to that. See if we'll see her on a mixed 4 by 4 or something. Um, oh, there was a Kenya tried to qualify in the mixed 4 by 4 but got DQ'd because of some bullshit rule where whoa, the whoa, whoa, person whoa. that bullshit is not a curse word whoa right at the end you can say you bullshit the e-tag. On... E-tag. Oh, there's three no you can people listen to this in say, the car with the kids you can say bs well, on ah, there we go any television show mm, bullshit yeah but it has the, not illegal it has, okay anyway wrap it up what do we got what am, they got dq'd uh, anyway they got dq'd because one of the athletes you know how you're supposed to be on the inside of like the exchange zone? They kind of started running into the exchange zone and they got like a running start yeah. into the exchange zone mm. and it was considered illegal. Um, gotcha. Can't do that. I don't, I don't know. It'd be cool though to see, you know, Mary Mora and whoever they have on the, the you know, they could put together a yeah. manual career yeah, yeah, yeah. going to fast 400. That would be cool to see a, a Kenyan mixed four by four. I don't know. We'll see if they get I'm in. They're ranked 16th. We'll see if they get in. I love that you're keeping tabs. I love that you're keeping tabs on the mixed four by four 
Hey, someone's got to keep list. the flow track site running. You know, I'm doing my best. You don't, you don't know, you don't know anything about the the win loss record of the women's hundred meter candidates, but you know all about the descending order list for mixed four by four. Good job. Yes. All right, next Monday, six p.m. Central Time. We'll be back to track track with you all. We'll have See rankings. We'll actually have rankings, world rankings. Bye, everyone. Like and subscribe.